Welcome to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. Thank you for listening. And now, here's the Sunday's message. When I was about 10 or 11 years old, my family took a vacation trip down to Florida. And uh, it was an awesome time, and the hotel we were staying at had a pool in it, so basically the entire day was spent there with all of my siblings swimming. And once we were swimming there, and my little sister was playing with this little floating toy, and this older boy swam up to her and took it from her. And she began to cry. So something in my big brother's spirit got riled up at this, right? No one picks on my little sister except for me, right? I'm the only one that's allowed to do that. So I swam over to him, and I poked him in the shoulder, and I was like, hey, give my sister her toy back. And he was like, no. I'm like, yes. He's like, make me. I'm like, okay. So we started to wrestle in the pool. We're fighting in the pool back and forth. We're fighting over this toy. And he was a little bit bigger than me, but, but rage was inspiring me, you know? I didn't see the danger. And I don't think he meant to do this, but as we were fighting, he actually started to hold me underwater. And I couldn't breathe. And I started to panic. My, my lungs started to, to feel like they were about to explode. I desperately needed air. And then, as he's holding me under the water, all of the panic goes away. All of the panic goes away. I, I, I enter into this almost trance-like state where... I'm perfectly at ease. I'm not even worried that I'm underwater anymore. Uh, uh, the light, I remember the light hitting the water and the rays, it was just the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. Now the reason this is happening is because my brain is so starved of oxygen at this point that I'm entering into a state of euphoria, right? This is like the most dangerous part of drowning, but I was completely at ease. I, I thought everything was fine, but I was actively drowning. I was very close to death. Now, thankfully, someone dove in and broke up the fight and pulled me back onto land, and I took that first breath of air, which was amazing. Uh, but the second one was pretty good, too. <laughs> and the third one was even better. And, and, and actually, I realized that normally breathing again, I would never look at it in the same dimension again. And I never wanted to be in a state of drowning again. I've been afraid of drowning ever since. And so I told my sister, the next time I have to pick a fight with someone on your behalf, can you please do it on land? That would be, that'd be super helpful if you could do that. But have you ever had the experience of just struggling to stay alive, just trying to keep your head above water? Maybe you've never had a near-death drowning experience, but at work or school, the emails keep coming in, the... The projects keep lining up. You can't seem to catch a break. You feel like you're just barely keeping your head above water. Or maybe with your family. The kids need to get driven somewhere. The calendar's filling up. The schedule's getting blocked up. And you barely are able to clean up one mess before the next one happens. And you you sink into your couch at the end of the day and kind of dramatically say to yourself, I'm so dead. I'm so dead. Well, what about your spiritual life? Have you ever felt like your soul is slowly but surely dying until you are able to get to Mass and get that spiritual boost that will get you through the rest of the week? Maybe when you sit in Mass, you're recognizing this is the first time all week 
that I've spent any time with God. I haven't had any time to talk with him all week until this very moment. Or maybe you've done some things wrong this week and they're, they're making you feel guilty. They're sapping you of your life. They're, they're poisoning your relationship with God. They're slowly but surely killing your soul. And maybe you don't feel any of that. Right? Maybe you're sitting in the pew thinking, I actually feel pretty fine. But remember that the moment where I was most in danger of drowning is the moment where in my brain, I didn't think anything was wrong. I was completely calm, completely panic-free. And yet that was the moment where I was most in danger. And so I ask you, is your relationship with God in danger of dying out and you might not even be aware of it? What if there was a way to stay in contact with God, to stay connected with God all week instead of just once a week at Mass, rather than just catching one desperate spiritual breath every once in a while, what if we could be spiritually thriving, not just spiritually surviving? Today we are starting a brand new series called Expanding Prayer because of this very simple truth that every single disciple needs to have a daily prayer time. Every single disciple needs to have a daily prayer time. Prayer is not a nice thing to have when you have the chance. Prayer isn't something optional for super holy people. Prayer is not just something we slot into our busy calendar when we have nothing else on the go. No, prayer is our very lifeline to God. Prayer is as necessary for our soul to live as breathing is for our body to stay alive. And going back to my analogy of almost drowning, imagine if you're swimming in the ocean and you dive under the waves. Well, at a certain point, you're going to have to come back up for air. And if your only experience of prayer is coming once a week to Mass, that's like you swimming underwater all week and then coming up, surfacing for one gasp of air and then heading back down. It's not sustainable. But with a daily prayer time, suddenly it's like you have a snorkel. It's like all week you're able to stay in contact with God, draw in his breath, draw in his life, even when you're under the waters of the world. A daily prayer time will keep you sustained in the presence of God throughout your week. Now maybe you're someone who already has a daily prayer time. Maybe you're someone who already has that as a habit that you've built into your day. Maybe you're someone who, you don't pray every day, but you pray a couple times of the week. Maybe when you think of something to say or you need something, you, you, you shoot up a prayer to God. But maybe coming into Mass is the one and only time a week that you pray. And wherever you at, whatever situation you find yourself in, I want to encourage you to expand your life of prayer, to expand your prayer time with the Lord by having a daily prayer time. Now, when I'm saying this, maybe you're thinking to yourself, Father Isaac, I get it. Like, I know I should be praying more, aren't we all? But, but I don't know what to do. Like, am I supposed to just pray the memorized prayers that I learned when I was a kid? Maybe you've tried to come to adoration or you've tried to pray in your room and you're thinking, I just sat there. It was really boring. I didn't really know what to do. So where do I start? Well, this series, 
We want to teach you practical skills, practical tips and tools on how to pray, how to enter into this daily time of prayer with God. And one of the very first things that we can introduce into our daily prayer time is something called repentance. Repentance is a word that's used a lot in the Bible, and what it means is to turn. So there's a double turning that takes place in repentance. You first turn away from your sin so that you can turn back to God. This is a very important part of our prayer life because it's through repentance that we turn away from spiritual death and we turn to spiritual life. In our reading from Ezekiel today, we heard this. When the wicked person turns away from the wickedness they have committed, they shall save their life. This is the principle of repentance. This is how it works. We turn away from our wickedness and we turn to God who gives us life because God is the God of life. When we turn our back on him, we earn death for ourselves. But when we turn back to him, he's able to give us his life again. And so in repentance, we leave our sins behind. We make a space for God to come into our soul, to clear out all the bad stuff so that we can be more open to receiving him. It's a real act of humility to come to God in prayer of repentance because you're at the same time admitting and acknowledging, God, you are all holy. You are all perfect. You are all good. At the same time, recognizing about yourself, I'm not perfect. I'm not all holy. I do lots of things that aren't good. And yet I'm coming into your presence. And, and our ego can get in the way of this sometimes. We don't like to repent. We don't like to admit that we've done something wrong. And yet doing it at the very start of our prayer helps us enter in with a posture of humility to come before God and say, Lord, it's me again. I failed you. I've messed up, but I'm turning back to you today. So that's repentance, but how do you actually incorporate this into your prayer? What does it actually look like? Well, you've come to the right person because I happen to be an expert on repentance. I happen to be an expert on repentance, which should come as no big surprise seeing as I am quite literally the worst sinner that I know. I'm the worst sinner that I know. And so if practice makes perfect, I have to do a lot of repentance. So I've gotten pretty good at it over the years. And I, I, I'm very serious in the, in the fact that whenever I come into prayer, I'm often coming to God realizing I have not lived up to the standard that I'm supposed to be living up to. I've been selfish. I've been greedy. I've been lazy. I've been unkind to people. And I need to come to the Lord and say, Lord, it's me again. It's Isaac. I'm repenting and I'm coming back to you today. And the only way that we can do this is if we examine our lives and recognize those areas of our heart that need repentance. Ezekiel says that because that person considered and turned away from all the transgression they had committed, they shall surely live, they shall not die. So it's because the person considered actually took time to examine their life, to look over it, to, to take time in the silence and to say, Lord, reveal to me those parts of my heart that need your mercy, need your forgiveness. That is the prere prerequisite for repentance to happen. 
And what this looks like for me, you don't have to follow it exactly, but this is my style of repentance. This is how I repent in prayer. You can take it, adapt it, make it your own, and bring it into your own daily prayer time. But what I do first is I start with humbling myself before God. And often, my daily prayer times takes place in the chapel in our house where we have the Blessed Sacrament. So I'll stumble out of bed, I'll walk down the stairs, I'll walk into the chapel, and I will kneel down, often I'll bow down with my face to the ground before the presence of God. I'll bring all six foot four of me as low as I can because I'm trying to use my physical body to teach my soul to humble myself, to get as low before God as I can. And as Catholics, we do this all the time in the Mass. Have you noticed how much we use our bodies at Mass to pray? When you come in through the door, you you make the sign of the cross to show that your whole self belongs to God. You stood for the gospel to show you're attentive. You genuflect to the tabernacle. These are all ways that we use our physical bodies to teach our soul how to approach God. And so with repentance, I start by humbling myself, kneeling down before the Lord, recognizing that me, a sinner, am approaching the sinless God. Then I take time to consider my life. I go over my life, normally from the last time that I did prayer, the day before. And I look for places in my life where I have fallen short, places where I need to repent, places where I've done something wrong. And again, normally for me, it doesn't take too long to think of something. Often I come into prayer with already something burning in my mind, like, okay, I know what I need to repent of today. And if this is hard for you to do, there's something called an examination of conscience. If you just Google Catholic examination of conscience, it'll be really easy to find. And this is using scripture, using church teaching to to look over your life, to examine your life with the Lord and let him highlight parts of your life that you need to repent of. Well, after considering, then I move on to love. And this is often the hardest part for me. This is where I allow God to love me in the midst of my sin. I am a kind of person, and maybe you are as well, that wants to be perfect when I come to God. I want to get all scrubbed up and clean so that when I come to him, I can impress him. It doesn't work that way. God wants to love me. He wants to love you in the midst of your worst moments, in the midst of your guilt, in the midst of your sin. He is gentle. He is kind. He is merciful. He knows you're weak. He knows you're fallen. And he loves you anyways. In fact, he loves you precisely in those moments where you feel most unlovable. And so what I'll do is I'll just close my eyes and imagine Jesus looking at me and seeing his eyes of compassion, seeing his eyes of gentleness and kindness, letting him love me in the midst of my sin. And from the place of that love, I'm able to then ask for forgiveness to pray a very simple prayer. You can pray this every day. Lord, I have done things that I knew were wrong. I shouldn't have done them. But I know that you are good and that you want to forgive me. Because you died on the cross for me, you paid the penalty for my sin. And I'm asking you to forgive me as I repent and turn to you. Now, I want to make this very clear, just as an aside. Prayer doesn't replace confession, okay? So it's not like you can go to prayer and just have it all taken care of right that day and, okay, well, I don't need to go to confession anymore. 
No, if you have very serious sin on your soul, the only way to get that taken care of is through confession. The only way to have that washed away is confession. And so often the natural outflow of your time of repentance and prayer is, okay, I should probably get back to confession. They lead into each other. True repentance will often lead you to going to the sacrament of confession. And finally, after you've asked for forgiveness, it's time to change. It's time to ask the Lord, Lord, how do you want me to cut this sin out of my life? And then wait. He'll speak. He'll say something to you. He'll, he'll give you an image. He'll give you a, a word, some wisdom that will help you cut that sin out of your life so that you can turn away from your sin back to him. So for instance, if you're repenting of selfishness, the Lord might bring to mind someone you know who's in need of some help that you can go and serve and kill that selfishness inside of you by going out and serving someone else. If you're struggling with resentment and you're repenting to the Lord, Lord, I have a lot of bitterness and resentment. He's going to give you wisdom on how you can go and reconcile with the person. Our repentance is hollow, it's empty, if we don't decide to change our lives and to come closer to the Lord. Now, repentance isn't the only thing that you can do in your time of personal prayer, but it's certainly a great way to start. And I encourage you, as you're going through this whole process of humbling yourself, of considering your life, of receiving God's love, of asking for forgiveness, of changing your life, I encourage you to be journaling down the thoughts that are coming to your mind, what God is saying to you, what you're experiencing, because that will train you, that will teach you how to hear his voice. How to hear his voice. Because God wants us to have life in abundance. If snorkeling is an, is a, an example or an analogy for our daily prayer time, then repentance is like exhaling all that carbon dioxide so that you can breathe in the fresh spirit, the fresh life of God. And a daily prayer time is essential for you to maintain your relationship with God. That is why I am so emphatic. I want to be so clear on this. Every disciple, every disciple needs to have a daily prayer time. And as you do this, as you enter into prayer, as you heartfelt repentance before God, you'll start to see your life change. You'll start to notice that you're not just surviving from one mass to the next, but you have constant contact with God throughout the week. You won't be burdened by the guilt and the shame of your past anymore because every day you're going to be leaving it at the foot of Jesus and letting him forgive you. And slowly but surely, you'll see that the patterns of sin in your life will start to unravel because you are constantly working at changing your life and drawing closer to God. Coming to God humbly to repent of your sin, spending time with him every single day will bring you out of spiritual deadness back to spiritual life. So make that choice today. Make that choice today to have a daily prayer time with the Lord so that you are not just spiritually surviving, but spiritually thriving. Thank you for listening to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe and share this with a friend. God bless and have a great week.